Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Dr. Script Podcast, where we're bringing you a bonus episode. After this whole month of talking about Star Wars, we wanted to look back on these films and give our definitive rankings for all these Star Wars films, including the originals and the new films. Okay, Sam, how do you want to do this? Best to worst or worst to best? Yeah, I think I want to go best to worst. Okay. So for you, what's your number one favorite uh, well, are you doing this by favorites or best? Uh, favorites. I, all right, yeah, I think the only way you can judge Star Wars is by favorite. And I, I know I have some hot takes, and I feel like I'm going to get some flack for this, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Do it, do it, do it. All right, uh, should we get a little hyped, a uh, little, little drum roll? Yeah, all right, so. What's your number one? Number one, favorite Star Wars movie, Revenge of the Sith. That's an interesting, hot, hot take. Yep, yep. I I understand, I understand, and I really do think I need to go back and watch the original series, but mm-hmm. I... Oh, God, I just know my list of people are going to be don't really Don't worry, surprised. don't worry. Listen, we, we, we critiqued the Revenge of the yeah. Sith. They have, there's, you have to understand that we went through and totally overhauled it, but it's it's okay to like something like that. I just still like seeing that Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship and, like, that clash of brotherhood going together mm-hmm. and the lightsaber scenes, most action. It's the darkest of the Star Wars movies, I think, by far. Because, you know, the original series, like, has its lighter tones. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is still, like, intense, but mm-hmm. nowhere near does it get to... People murdering children, yep. and it's the it's the darkest. Granted, dialogue's not the best, but it sets everything up. I think Hugh and McGregor does a great job. Yeah, I just I really liked it. So for me, it's a New Hope. A New Hope is my favorite. Okay, I, it's just it's this. It's this bright bundle of optimism, mm-hmm. and I'm not typically an optimistic guy. Like I'm in the middle of a of a BoJack Horseman like <laughs> full on watch, and that's not what it's about. But like. It's it's this thing where it's it's plain good versus evil, and I don't see the world in like this black and white, like light side, dark side. I see grace, grace. You know, there's shades of gray in everything, mm-hmm. but it's just something so pure about just these two sides, where you all you know is that there's this side of good and this fantastical element of them being like we use the universe for this goodness and this dark side, where it's like we use this universe for badness and we need to take over the world. But it's just, and it's just so well put together. Like, there's, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff of Star Wars where there was actually a really bad version of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to look at it, there's a video called Star Wars Was Saved in the Edit that you should look up. But it's it's just so good, and it's so pure, and all the characters, like, are fleshed out just enough for you to care about each and every one of them, and they're just three-dimensional enough that I, I just have such a good time every time I watch A New Hope. I agree. I agree. All right, what's number two? <sighs> Return of the Jedi. Ooh, so many hot takes. <laughs> yeah, oh, Ooh, God. All right, do a, little, do a little quick one on that. Um, I just sort of realized that I like the finishing of the stories mm-hmm. a lot, where we really see, like, everything coming together. Like, we've gotten those two set-up movies, mm-hmm. and then this is where everything comes to the end. And I think that's also why I like Revenge of the Sith so much. I know people give Reven- or, uh, Return of the Jedi a lot of flack because of the Ewoks and everything. Like, okay, yeah, that's, like, one stupid thing in Return <laughs> of the Jedi. But I still like the opening scene where we get to, like, see Luke save Han. Granted, it might take a little while. But then we still see, like, Luke convince his father to be part of the light side again, throws the Empire uh, Emperor off, and we just get that really nice, like, father-son bonding moment of, like, wow, like, we, we did this together, and... 
Han and Leia get together. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke and Leia making out and being brothers. Yeah, it was weird. But again, <laughs> you know, Kathleen Kennedy is not the only person that doesn't really plan out these movies. George Lucas also was he not his, very... He had his outlines and then he changed his ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your number two? Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So my first two are pretty classic stuff. People typically either have a new hope or Empire Strikes Back in those top slots. And I, I'm part of that because Empire Strikes Back is like... It almost feels like a really good part, too. Like, you jump straight into the action, and I feel like you could jump, you could just watch that movie and you're fine without having seen A New Hope. Yeah. But when you do have the context of A New Hope, it's really good. Like, you've got the character relationships, and you get a little bit deeper on each of them. And I feel, I feel like the one thing that's unfortunate is just the fact that Luke is separated from his friends for so long. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what makes the reunion at the end when he fights Vader and you hear the classic line, Luke, I'm your father. And he's like, no, that's impossible. And even if you know the twist, it it just feels like such a strong moment to, of of cinema to see the struggle that Luke goes through to like really to, to see that he's fought this guy before and he senses this darkness in him as his power grows and he sees that he... He could be who could become this kind of person one day if he goes down the wrong path, and then when he's reunited with his friends, everything's better. Han gets dipped in carbonite, uh, or whatever, and I I just really like it. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's almost the antithesis of a New Hope, where it is the most almost the most pessimistic of the original trilogy, <laughs> where it's just like no, this is where things get dark, but also at the end you see there's there's lightness, there's a chance for hope. Yeah, no, uh, spoiler alert, this is my number three, so we'll just continue cool. and talk about that. that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. It's, again, the darkest one of the originals where it's like, wow, the Empire wins after this. And, you know, the battle scene of Hoth is still really great. We get introduced to Yoda. Come on, how could you not like Yoda? Yeah. And we get to see, like, Luke's, you know, training to become a Jedi and eventually get there. Honestly, I, I really like the character development between Han and Leia in the spaceship in the Millennium Falcon when they're in the monster. Yeah. Because it sort of does expand on the lore of Star Wars where, like, we're seeing more and more of it. It's just not, like, in A New Hope where we get, like, you know, ideas and, like, a vibe of everything, but we don't really, like, get to see the universe. We're stuck on Tatooine uh, at the Empire ship and the, the Rebel base. Mm-hmm. So that that definitely like gets to expand everything a bit more. But what's your number three? The Force Awakens. Okay. Okay. The Force Awakens is my third favorite Star Wars because it it similarly similarly to Empire Strikes Back. I feel like you could jump into this one without having seen the other ones. Yeah. Definitely. And you're okay. Well, it's the first one of a, yeah, new, it's the first trilogy, one of a new trilogy. But also, but if you do know it, the context makes it even better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. Honestly, the characters are so well fleshed out with literally giving them no time at all. Like, I I understand exactly who Poe is, even if he's a little one- to two-dimensional and, like, a bit of a Han copycat. Yeah. Finn, immediately, he's a stormtrooper, doesn't want to be a stormtrooper, needs to get out of there. He's got a sense of right and wrong. Uh, Rey is amazing. Uh, Rey is... She barely has any dialogue being on... Uh, Jakku, and she 100% gets it. She's a kind person, saves BB-8, is a uh, is a strong fighter, fends for herself, will try and go for bat for, go up to bat for what's right, but will also take a step back as she knows she's not going to win the fight. And, you know, Kylo Ren is uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's hit or miss for some people. I like him more than most. And then when you reintroduce the old characters, they're great. I, I really like The Force Awakens because it feels like it encapsulates all the parts of Star Wars that I really like. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, it has problems with going into fan service a little too much and copying their own ideas. But when they go into original territory, I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay. Uh, that's good. Yeah. What's your number four? 
Rogue One. Oh, all right. You yeah. are you are in uh, besides Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I don't think anyone would have guessed these top four. No, honestly, I don't think many people would be able to guess this whole list. Again, this is like just more of an expansion of the whole Star Wars lore, I guess, where it's not like, oh, yeah, this is better than blah, blah, blah. It's more just like, okay, in general, like I liked the story a lot where we see this like woman come together and face her trust issues, Mm -hmm. gets to see reunite with her dad. Like there are some problems with it, as we talked about earlier. But I still, like, enjoyed the action. We got to see, like, a different side of what Star Wars is about. Like, this is a movie where it sucks, why Solo sucks, is because it doesn't expand anything. We don't care about these new characters. I'm saying with Solo. Yeah. But with Rogue One, I really did care, and I was really bummed when they all died. Which, after watching Solo, like, you know, maybe some of those characters should have crossed (laughs) over and, like... Yeah. That could have been fun. At least that would have had some like reason to watch Rogue One. But that that one's not like in context of all of Star Wars. It's not an important film to watch, and I don't think I would like recommend someone to watch. Like if you not if you didn't like the first or in this new trilogy, I don't think you should watch it. But mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it for what it was. All right. Uh, what do I want? Round four. Yep. The Last Jedi. Okay. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi is All right, I'll also there. just spoil mine's, my number five is Last Jedi, too. I, so I, we'll the Last Jedi, I think, is honestly really, really good. And I think the only thing that hampers it, which is unfortunate because it's one detail, is that the movie does not take place over the course of enough time. Mm-hmm. I think that is the thing that is the problem with Last Jedi, because it does everything that I would want it to do. Ray and Luke train that's most of their entire story and then she gets a few visions of Kylo Ren and that's cool because that's them realizing that they have this bond and that there's Rey's closer to the dark side than she thought and Kylo Ren is closer to the light side than he thought and that again shades of gray in the middle yeah and Luke I Luke is doing exactly what I actually wanted him to do and for it not to be this thing where he's like I will train you he's beaten down he's like had a rough go of things it's, he's been the chosen one forever mm-hmm. and he's like locked out of it and he doesn't feel good I like the the space battles with with uh, Finn and his new friend Rose them going to do stuff and even if they f- they failed in their mission which feels like it was bad because they went to the casino I still think it was a good a good lesson and it gets them some stuff to go through Poe gets knocked down a peg or two because he seems like he's too cool for school and we get the coolest moment in all of Star Wars which is uh, Laura Dern taking control of the ship and going into hyperspace and annihilating an Imperial fleet. I, I will go to bat and say that's the best moment in all of Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, I remember when we were in the theater watching that, like, because it's silent, and then there's just one dude being like, oh, shit. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. But, yeah, the main problem is that the movie takes place over the course of, like, two days. At most. And I feel like that's... I get why they did it, because it's this sense of urgency, like, it's one mission, but it's just... I, I wanted to see more more love and more development in the fact that, you know, Luke and Ray have this quote-unquote connection. It doesn't feel strong enough. And the fact that po, uh, Finn and Poe learn their lessons very quickly, it feels more like a, it feels more like a TV episode in that case when it takes place over such a short amount of time Yeah, that I would love for it to have taken more time for there to feel like it didn't feel as grand to me. It felt cool and really good, but it just didn't feel like it was as as big to me. Yeah. No, I agree. Last Jedi, like, the reason why I like it is just because it subverts a lot of, like, what we expect from movies. And it's like, oh, here's this what's going to happen. And like, oh, there's only good and bad. And they definitely talk about the gray in Last Jedi. 
And I think that's more where with my rankings is I like seeing the stuff that's different where like I've seen a lot of similar movies that have ripped off Star Wars and at the this point I've sort of just gone numb to this the stereotypical this is what happens in paint uh in page thirty, this is what's gonna happen in page sixty for this movie. Yeah. And Last Jedi definitely is like, Oh, you don't think we're gonna kill Snoke? Boom, we killed Snoke. Yeah. Ben Pick didn't guess you didn't that get was that. Cool. Like, yeah. And because I, I guess just go back that that was one of the killing Snoke is like one of the things where I thought they're not going to do that, like, because you because you saw it happening, you saw the lightsaber turning, you saw like it getting ready to go, and you're just waiting for him to discover it, be like, oh, I know you're going to turn on me, and like, and no, he doesn't do it because that just turns Kylo Ren into the bad guy. Yeah, it's 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 totally subverts expectations. It it subverts your expectations. Granted, I don't know if that was the smart thing to do for the whole trilogy. And I also don't, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't see Ray not having parents. Very interesting. But again, probably not the best thing to do in the long term, but I was like, okay, I am... Before the single movie, it is pretty great. Yeah, for a single movie, it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, number five for me is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Uh, it comes right after Last Jedi. For the same reasons you said, it's dark, it's gritty, and I like the relationship between Anakin and, uh, and Obi-Wan. It just, it's hung up on all the prequel stuff for me still. Yeah. A little too much that I can't get past that. Uh, that's all I have to say. It's number six for you. Number six for me is A New Hope. Honestly, I, I do feel bad putting this so low. <laughs> so low. But the thing with me personally is, like, at the point that I've really gotten to the stage in my life where I can appreciate New Hope, I've just seen so many other people copy that whole yeah. cycle and stuff. And don't get me, I don't think New Hope is a bad movie or anything. Of course it's great. It's what kicked off Star Wars. But I do think I've just seen so many people copy this formula now where it's like it's just numbing. Yeah. And, you know, I like the other ones that take risks and did something different. And I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. No, yeah, I think. Well, also, we're, we're six movies down and all of them are good. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the point is that if A New Hope is at six, these all the ones that are before are good. And for me, six is Return, is Return of the Jedi. OK. Uh, again, same reasons as you said. But it for me, it really gets hung up on the fact that I feel like. Hollywood kind of got into George Lucas's head a little too much. Okay. That he he was not as good on, obviously not as good as on dialogue. He's never been good on that. Yeah. But it definitely felt like it was uh, uh, hampered by trying to tie a neat bow into everything, really trying to lighten the tone, even though it should have been the darkest chapter of them all, because that's Luke confronting the Emperor. Honestly, half the movie is Luke's, like, standing in the Emperor's chamber, watching, like, the Battle of Endor happen and watching all this bad stuff happen to his friends until he goes into the lightsaber fight with Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good, but I think it's just it's just held up by uh, by a few like kind of lazy storytelling points, especially when Luke and Leia are siblings. Yep. And it's like one of those things where it's like, there's always been a connection. No, there's not. It, it goes back on itself a little too much for me. Okay. No, that's completely understandable. I was agreeing with you. And the things, again, could still have been prepped a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, that's not how it happens. All right. Number seven. My number seven is uh, Force Awakens. It's just a ripoff of New Hope. It is. And I'll, I'll acknowledge it. Yeah. It's. I'm not still saying it's a bad movie or anything, but the only real reason why I enjoyed this movie is because of like, oh, I get to see a movie that has Han Solo in it on the big screen. Like, that's so crazy. And I'm like, oh man, there's Leia. Like, that stuff is the coolest part. And the thing is like with this new trilogy, the only people I really care about, honestly, the new person I only care about is Rey. Like, Finn to an extent too, but like Poe, I think he's sort of an ass. Yeah. Like, he did stage a mutiny just so 
he could feel included in a way. Yeah. Well, but that's later. That's later on. But yeah. yeah. But it's mostly because he stages the mutiny because he's like, I'm right and you're wrong. And they're like, no, we just didn't tell anything because you're an arrogant asshole. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Poe's not really in this movie that much. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. I, I don't think it's bad. It's a, it's a setup movie, you know, and they set up everything very well, but I feel like they ripped off New Hope a lot. And the thing is, like, say what you will about the prequels. At least they took risks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they did not pay off yeah, as much until, unless you, you know, Revenge of the Sith, I thought. Was, you know. yeah, being at your number one. Yeah. Uh, for me, number seven is Rogue One. Okay. Uh, Rogue One is is fine to me, honestly. I think it's okay. Uh, most of the situations, and again, the dialogue, are all things that I would expect. If this was a, a movie that was not attached to the Star Wars canon, I think it would be an above-average sci-fi movie. But because it's attached to that and you have this kind of level of expectation where it's like there's there's a certain level of, you know, uh, of mysticism in the force and like all that. And even if you take that away, it still just feels like, all right, here are these characters, this ragtag group of people. And you really don't get to know any of them, at least in my book. I, I cared about them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The situation they were in, I ended up caring about them. I just didn't know anything about them. And I didn't overall care until that final battle where you saw like all the heartache and agony like that finally built to it but until you get to that point the first two thirds I could live without it just didn't work for me but yeah so now we're at the final eight nine and ten and we have the same three movies in our bottom three (laughs) but I think they're in different orders so I think we should just say what they are okay uh what's your what's eight what's nine what's ten uh, well, my number eight is Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Is that yours, too? Nope. Oh, really? Okay. That's why I want to hear yours first, because we have the same three, but not in the same order. Okay. Uh, my number nine is Attack of the Clones, and to no one's surprise, number ten is Solo. Yep. Uh, my number ten. My number eight is Solo. Oh, okay. Uh, my number wow. nine is uh, Phantom Menace, and my number ten is Attack of the Clones. So, so we have the same same ish. Yeah. Just I have Solo at number eight, and you have Solo at number ten. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the prequels first. Okay. Uh, one and two are very obviously towards the bottom. Yeah, I and mean, for me at the bottom, like Phantom Menace always gets you know the shit on because it's like it was the first one back, and it was like okay, whatever, Jar Jar, man, at least Attack of the Clones had Jedi and fighting, but Attack of the Clones also had Naboo and whiny Anakin. Like, Attack the Clones is bad until that whole Jedi fight at the yeah, end. but that takes so long, and it's so boring up until that yeah, point. Yeah, I say Solo's boring, and it is, but if we're comparing it to Clone War, Attack the Clones, it is nothing. Like, oh, that's like a, a show on Broadway or something compared yeah. to fucking no, Attack the Clones. For me, Attack of the Clones is the absolute worst because it it just... it it. As a movie, it doesn't work. As a sequel, it doesn't work. And as a, a property of Star Wars, it does not work. Yeah. At, at all in any way, shape, or form. That's why it's my least favorite. I'm very curious to hear why Solo, really for you, is at the very bottom of the list. Say so you're completely new, you don't know anything about Star Wars, and you go and see Solo. Mm-hmm. Do you like these characters after walking out? How do you describe Han Solo after walking out of this movie? You can't... Can, you have to take everything else you know about him out. What do you say about him? Because when I talk to people, they always say, well, I just really liked seeing, like, you know, the chest up there. Or, like, oh, it was just nice seeing Chewie on screen again. So mm-hmm. I'm like, no. 
take everything you know. You have to look at this as a subjective thing. Like, is this a good movie without knowing anything else about yeah. Star Wars? Thing, for me, yeah, it, the way that I would describe it, I guess I'd say Han Solo is a smiley thief. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Describe Chewie to me. Chewbacca is a giant furball monster that screams. Yeah. Okay. Lando? Uh, Lando. Into sex robots? Lando likes to have sex with robots. <laughs> and he he just talks very cool and says these things and likes to cheat on playing poker. Like, yeah, it's... No, I, I get... I totally get you. Also, like, that's only adding on. Like, say this is a new person watching it. If you watch this and then A New Hope, this is a totally different solo than we get. Like, I keep going back to... Han now has a standard for crime bosses, but then works for Java. That doesn't make sense. No, that makes sense. For me, it's up at number eight instead of down at eight, nine and ten, because I feel like it's not harmful. I think I honestly think Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are harmful to Star Wars canon. Okay. Whereas I think Solo is just is just a mess, and it doesn't do anything wrong overtly. I think I think these characters could exist in this realm, and it wouldn't ruin. It doesn't ruin the canon at all. I think things like Phantom Menace, including like science, where it should, where it's fa- where it's more faith based as this Jedi religion, mm-hmm. really messes things up. Making Anakin in uh, Attack of the Clones just this—he's only obsessed with a girl. Like he's he barely has anything else going on for him, and like all that, and taking especially making Padme so much worse. Where, like, you think that she stops being a queen, but she becomes a senator, and she's a more a stronger woman. No, she's not. I think Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are harmful, whereas I think Solo, the thing, I think you could look at this, and you're just like, okay, these are just weird versions of characters that we already know. I guess who, what, who is enjoying Solo and for what? Because I can see people making arguments for the prequels, like, "All right, hey man, the lightsaber battles in the original trilogy are so boring. Like, I can't, I just get fall asleep for that." I'm like, "That's fair. The Darth Maul battle is pretty dope in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. The Jedi scene at the end is pretty dope. You know, the relationship in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, like, yes, they flopped out on the other two, but I still thought it was like impactful. Yeah. What What are you like going back to watch Solo for? I would probably say I would go back to watch Solo. Just for just for the overall light breeziness of it, like if it's just if it's like we need to put on a movie just to put on a movie, I would put on I would put on Solo before I'd put on Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. I I I would have to be told like specifically for a podcast to watch <laughs> Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I could see someone saying, "Hey, let's watch Solo," like in a group setting, and I wouldn't tell them to turn it off. I would I would request people not put on Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. What? But that's for me personally. I know that you feel differently. Yeah, like I mean, Phantom Menace. Like, you had a character that was killed off, and there was such a big fan fit about it that they brought retconned they what they originally did, and brought him back into the See, TV show. I think that's more of a problem on the movie though, because this is a character that has almost no at lines, barely shows up, and he's like cool because he does nothing. Like, that's a problem with the movie overall. He's in a movie where so much happens and there's so much action going on that the only thing that's cool about it is Darth Maul, who does nothing the entire time except for one cool lightsaber fight at the end. 
he that's I feel like that's the problem with fandom menace. But I feel like at least there's like a certain passion for someone there that they were like, no, I want to see this character more. I, I like think no it's one's like by association of the movie itself. Yes, maybe. Like I agree. Like Darth Maul was cool. But no one's going to have, like, a hissy fit that Beckett died. No, no, you know? I, I agree with that. I do think that Dar- they gave, made a better character in Darth Maul than any of the new characters in this one, which I would vouch for people who wanted to defend L3. I know, again, I know you feel differently. However, I do think there are, there's a faction of audience that would want to see more of the L3 kind of, like, robot rebellion stuff. Uh-huh. Because uh, I think that's an interesting take on Star Wars. Well, who do you think's a better character? Uh, L3 or K2SO? From uh, Rogue ooh, One. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I think, based on sheer amount of screen time, I'd give it to K2SO, because I, I enjoyed his character and he had more, he had, like, more to do and he was fun. But I do think L3 has more character within her. She okay. just wasn't able to explore it as much. She had, like, three big scenes where she's like the, at the at the fighting at the cages talking to Kira and then starting the robot rebellion I think she has three big scenes and K2SO has very small moments throughout that two and a half hours overall I'd give it to K2SO because he just gets more stuff to do overall but just based on sheer character I can't ignore L3 for what she is well I feel like K2SO has a story arc at least you know to a point where he we open with K2SO and Jin Erso being like at odds with each other being like hey I don't trust you you don't trust me and then like he's looking at the one guy being like you gave her a gun she's gonna use that on you to at the end of the point where he's like I'm gonna sacrifice myself for mm-hmm. Jin Erso no I can see that I mean uh for me, L three again doesn't have a character arc, but she gets to see she gets to see her dreams come true at least in a certain context, and she gets to live on forever in the Millennium Falcon because you see her being like robots need to be free, and even if these robots aren't free on Kessel for a long time, at least they get to have this moment of like catharsis and be like we took over this planet, and that that's where that's where I that's where I defend L three where I do think Darth Maul is the more iconic character. I do think I would put L3 on a higher pedestal as an overall character. Uh, let's go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Who's the better character? We'll say, I don't really want to use Phantom Menace because it's not as cut and dry, but maybe we do have to. I mean, Who, if there are any new characters from uh, Attack of the Clones, go for that. Ah, uh, no. All right, let's. who do you think's the lead on Phantom Menace? Like, who's the lead actor? No, just, like, the lead character that's, like, this is their oh, story. This is their story? Uh, it's Qui-Gon Jinn, probably. Yeah. All right. Who's a better character, Qui-Gon Jinn or Han Solo? Who's a better character? Like, and char- ju- But just, just based on their ju- single movies. Yeah, just based on that single movie. I would probably... Mm, it's so tough, because Qui-Gon, in his essence, is a better character, but he does so many stupid things throughout the movie. But that's just him as a person, you know? He's just a not a bright guy we're going with. If we're doing better character within context of the movie, I'll give it to Qui-Gon. Okay. Supporting cast, who's the Chewie in... Who's the Chewie? <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi? Better character. Better character? Ugh. I honestly might give it to Chewie in Solo. But why? What is he because have to... Obi-Wan has, no- has nothing in The Phantom Menace. I think that actually is an interesting side by side because they really don't get a lot to do with each other. No, both of them are sidelined even though they should have had so much more to do. I give it to Chewie because of a few specific moments where it's him being in the cage which is, you know, him being tortured and Han uh, do, 
Saving Chewie is kind of his save the cat, save the Wookiee, where he's doing it out of his own best interest, but he's also saving Chewbacca to save his life. And he says, we need to work together. They get, you know, they take the shower and they like actually have a scene where they talk about what their lives are like. And then they're, they're the ones that are kind of bonding when, when, uh, when they're taken up on the ship. And as much as it's useless, Chewbacca saving the other Wookiees from in Kessel. I give, okay. it, I give it that, and Chewie just being the muscle throughout the the second half of the movie. Obi Wan does not do anything in Phantom Menace, so I'm giving it to Chewie. Yeah, I mean the big thing I would say with Obi Wan and Phantom Menace is more he has that change of when he sees his master die, and that's like his emotional arc, I guess. But we never saw anything that required him to go through that change beforehand. Yes, but I would say he's still learning more from. Qui Gon, then like Chewie learns from Han. I think I think you need Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith to fully understand that. Yeah, so. no, I, I was I would still give the point to Chewie, but not by much. And I ugh, okay, and then we'll go. Well, do you want to do? I guess girlfriend versus girlfriend. Do you want to do Padme versus Kira? Ugh, I mean Padme. I give it. No, I give it to Kira. Dude, Padme is a princess going like risks her life, refuses to go down with the um, separatists escapes, tries to get the whole Senate down. When they say no, she's like, fuck it, I'll start a war to save my people. But overall with Kira, she's this low, lowly person who's always been poor. Within three years, she's saddled up next to the next to the number one in command. She's the smart one who makes the plan. Like Han Solo says, well, we need to figure out a solution. Kira's the one who actually tells them the plan in Solo, like what to do. She's the one who gets them to Lando. She convinces Lando. She's the one who is able to like actually make everything happen on Kessel. Han Solo only like puts the coaxium onto the thing, and then Kira, towards the end, is like making the decision, has the kindness to let Han Solo live because she knows that that's not going to harm her in the long run. And then she takes over for uh, Dryden Voss's ship, and she's the one who's in charge and is working with Darth Maul now. I think she, Padme may be a better person, but Kira goes through the bigger change and actually accomplishes so much more. The thing with Kira is I don't think she makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't get, uh, completely understand why she felt the need that she had to still live this life of being a crime boss and working with Darth Maul, even when she wanted to live with Han. I, I, think, that, it, I think it was the way that I, I the, how I described it in the summary, is that even though you, you have to piece it together, like, from other things, is that she's just never had this sense of, this sense of purpose. It's always been Han's dream. She's been following along with him, and she finally gotten good with these people. And that she's now this person who's in charge, and she took this big adventure. I understand where Padme comes from, but also I don't understand why she has to pretend to be the, like a handmaid all the time. Well, because like, she's just trying to save herself, you know. Like it's a decoy. That's I guess the whole point. But she could also just have someone go out there and report back to her. But like if her handmaids are actually these people who are willing to pose as her, I bet these handmaids would also report back on all the things that they see. And especially be like these like other eyes. I, I she doesn't have to do that. And I get that it's a character thing where she really wants to be part of it and she wants to do that. But I I would say that Kira does that and then expands upon that by actually advancing herself and her status. And it's it's a sense of privilege. It's the fact that Kira had the opportunity to go from nothing to everything. And that's why I think that she's the better character in that sense. Uh, we'll have we, to we agree to, to disagree yeah. on that. So, yeah, we can, we can have different power rankings here with the characters. And then, I guess, villains. And I would argue that 
Beckett is the villain of Solo than really Voss. Who would you consider the villain as Phantom Menace? Oh, say, Maul. yeah, Darth Maul. Well, no, I, I mean, I want to do, like, oh, probably overt villains, because I would pick... You want to do the Emperor versus Voss? Uh, I would no, I would do Dryden Voss versus... Because I, I would say Beckett versus the Emperor versus Palpatine, because those are the two traitors. The people you think are on your side then are actually not on your side. Uh, I just don't think those are... F- I, I actually well, don't not. know if the villains are really fair comparisons. I mean, they're not really fair comparisons, because Palpatine wins that one. Yeah. And uh, Dryden Voss versus uh, Darth Maul. As much as I complain about Darth Maul having a lack of screen time, like, he's the better one. Yeah. I, again, I'll, I'll admit to these characters being better probably overall for, like, barely. If you take their essence out and put them in there, you could put them barely there. Yeah, but we're still talking about Phantom Menace that's, like, I would say in general with the community, the worst film ever is yeah. still slightly better than Solo character-wise. Character-wise. I still think plot-wise Solo is better than Phantom Menace. I, I think Solo just takes it safe too many times, and... As you can tell from my power rankings, I respect <laughs> ones that go for a risk, and the ones that pay off pay off, but the ones that don't. And that's okay. That's that's what this is all about. We can have different opinions on things yeah. and come to different conclusions even when we see similar things. Yeah, I just... this It was hard for me to get through. I honestly f- almost fell asleep the first time I watched it and had to, like, take a break. And Solo just... it really just sort of made me go like all right whatever to the whole new trilogy and stuff like that because also with i don't think the new trilogy really establishes any of their new characters well besides ray and finn to an extent but like i don't think rose has the same love <laughs> as lando <laughs> did in the second one no well Poe and han solo are not even close polo. like yeah polo i don't know i i i, I disagree a little bit that i think that a lot of the it's hard to define I, who's more iconic because we don't have especially with our age we don't have the ability to check on like what it was like back then versus yeah. what it's like now because I, I do think that Finn Poe and Ray are all well-rounded characters and did got all of their stuff done immediately like how you get to know them Poe the least so I think he needed more of The Last Jedi to help him become more well-rounded and I, I think Rose overall got got a good amount of uh, being well-rounded I think another thing with the these spin-off movies, they shouldn't be about characters we really know or, like, stories we know. I think we should have given the time for these new characters. Like, what if we had a Finn solo story where it's not an, a solo movie, not, like, with Han Solo. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> um, where it's just like, all right, this isn't an important mission or anything for the overall arc of Star Wars, mm-hmm. this new Force Awakens trilogy. But, like, here is, like, a side story where we get to know Finn a bit more. A Finn yeah. and Poe bro movie. Yeah, it's one where like, you don't have to have the same kind of budget or, like, intensity, uh, intensity or, like, any of, like, the, like, you know, it doesn't need to be that high of stakes. It's just because a lot of times studios have to make money and they feel like you need to make these things have these stakes. Yeah. So it's, like, when you make it be, like, and now Han Solo saves the galaxy. You don't need that. It doesn't need to make that much money. Don't make it cost that much money. It's, yeah, I, I, I agree. Oh, man, this was a... We had some thoughts on this. We had some thoughts. I mean, we did have to go over all of Star Wars over again, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I've uh, Is there anything else specifically about Solo or Star Wars overall? Because I want to just talk about Star Wars Month and uh, go over that. I don't really have anything to say about overall Star Wars in general. I would say Star Wars Month... This was a great time to review everything. It was. It was a really great time, especially to go back and see all these things and 
confirm my hatred for the first two prequels <laughs> and confirm that I actually really like Revenge of the Sith yeah. uh, a lot. Me too. I mean, if Me the, too. <laughs> if the, if uh, the new trilogy hadn't come out, Revenge of the Sith would be my number three. And that's yeah. a, a... When you compare... When you just do the original six, uh, that's a hot take. Yeah, honestly. Especially with you putting Revenge of the Sith at the top and then Return of the Jedi at number two. I, I When talking out, I think I do just like the bookends to see mm-hmm. where everything ends on that. And well, that's where you get your emotional catharsis of everything. It's like, how does everything close up and put yeah. together? I think that's the main reason why I have those at one and two. I do think, you know, I should give a rewatch to the originals and see if... Because it, it's been a while since I've really sat down and rewatched those. But I f- feel like they would only go up one or two spots. Mm-hmm. And I, by no means, I don't think the first six movies I ranked are bad movies. I will, uh, I mean, Force Awakens, I can't say it's bad, sorry. I would say, you know, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Solo are just bad movies. For Star Wars, at least. Yeah, especially for Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. for Star Wars, I would put those down there. Uh, as movies, Solo's on the edge for me, whether I put it as bad or just sad and disappointing. Mm-hmm. And just an okay heist movie that just is unfortunate. Uh, it's on the edge. Definitely the the two first two prequels uh, are just so bad. I agree, and I'm I'm glad we got to rewatch them. Uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime soon. Ooh. If you uh, if you got, let us know if you want us to review the other ones or not. Yeah, definitely give us some feedback on all this because we we really appreciate everybody listening to this whole month. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, getting getting to go back and like have have some fun, especially with childhood memories and getting to do the kind of stuff we really want to do. Yeah, thanks, guys. You know, if you're here, you want our newest content. Yes. You could like us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow the uh, follow us on iTunes. And, yeah, definitely, when you're on iTunes, leave us that five-star review. If you're here and listening to this now, please, you've earned yourself a five-star review. You have to care about us at least a little bit to do this. Because, <laughs> man, oh, man, we really do appreciate you listening to hearing all of our thoughts on these on these matters as, as, as these new voices in media. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next weekend for a new movie. Tyler, I just want to say it's been an honor to be here sitting in the corner. This whole podcast, I've been so quiet this whole time. You've just been enjoying um, your Diet Coke, drinking. Man. I drank eight Diet Cokes this whole time. <laughs> and thank you for watching my movies and, and loving them so much. Oh, of course. Thank George. you, fans of the Doctor Script podcast. Uh, I'll see you soon. <laughs> see you soon, George. Goodbye. Bye.